Welcome to the Rage Exposure Podcast. My name is Sean and I will be your host. As always, everything discussed in this episode, you can find at rangeexposure.com under the podcast section and under episode three. Today we have Tat Cat with us. Uh, he is a social media guru uh, guy. I don't know. With, uh, Beamer, uh, affiliate <laughs> sharer, and he also writes some blogs, uh, right? Really likes uh, some good stuff about some Walthers. We have some disagreeing, uh, some different opinions on a PO7, but here's what it is. <laughs> Welcome, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. So for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm just a hobbyist. I like firearms and I wanted to start a blog or a YouTube channel, which gets neglected all the time about my journey towards perfecting concealed carry and defensive carry and all that fun stuff. So that way you can all laugh at me while I make mistakes and learn from them. So that way people that are new to guns don't have to make those mistakes. Because the last thing I want is thousands of people with hundreds of holsters in a drawer that never get used. Man, I, I think I finally, during my move to Tennessee from Colorado, finally threw out my uh, 10-year-old like Uncle Mike's holster. So, <laughs> uh, so you think... keep those around to give to people you hate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it was still shoved somewhere. Still had it, but uh, I I wish I would have you know dove into a little bit uh, more when I when I started learned from others' mistakes instead of making my own so many times. So uh, I feel you there, man. Uh, so what's um? Well, let's start here. Where can where can people find your your content at? So you can find me on Facebook at Tacat on Instagram. It's at T four C C four T. My website is www.tacat.ninja. And if you go to YouTube, there's going to be a ton of different Tat Cats. Just find my logo that you'll see on my website or click the buttons on the website. All right. There you go. Um, so let's, uh, so what, first of all, what gets, what got you into, um, so I know you, you're kind of like me. You want to kind of provide a service to, to other people. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but I feel like it's, it, I was called to do this uh, by the, the Uncle Mike's demons. <laughs> 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 the forty dollars I spent on the eight Uncle Mice holsters that I have, uh, I still would like my forty bucks back. That's like half of a decent holster. But anyway, um, so what? I mean, what really got you? Like, was there like a point um, when you were like, "Hey, man, I think I could, I think I could serve other people with the mistakes." But did you just like do something really stupid? And you're like, you "Yeah, I so can share this." When I got into guns, I spent a year looking into which one I was going to buy, and I decided I wanted a CZ seventy five. Not a bad and, choice. Yeah, I know it was great. And four guns, my local uh, gun shop, they had a stainless steel version and a black version available. And I decided to do the dumb thing and I bought the cheaper black version over the stainless, even though I really wanted the stainless. And I didn't follow the phrase of buy once, cry once. And a week, two weeks later, I ended up trading it off for a stainless steel version. It's like, I really don't want other people doing this, so... I think I could do something to keep them from doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I dude, I I've bought so many guns from gun shops that I ended up, you know, trading in or selling that I didn't get anything. I mean, the first one I specifically remember uh was my was when the mod twos for the XDs first came out. Uh and for some reason I decided on that over I think they were out of Glock nineteens and I went with the mod two. I mean I took it to the range one time and I Hated it, and that was that was coming from a, a forty caliber P two fifty when when those were out, and I hated the XD more than that. So <laughs> that I think that says a little bit. 
Yeah, the SIGs. It, it's interesting when we're talking about the SIGs, especially at the 250 and the 320, about how the 250 seemed to be flawless. Everyone loved it that had one, well, in terms of what it was. And then the P320, they adapt it to have a striker fire system instead of a hammer, and then all the issues just start popping up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 250, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, it was priced affordably. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I picked mine up for like just under 400 but I think it was like 380 or something like that. Um, you know, it was a cool concept, but why they went with a double action only is beyond me. But this was, again, I think we had this, uh, we had this discussion, uh, well, in a, in a group we're both a part of, we had a discussion about uh, me and another guy had a discussion about SIG uh, and how they're pretty much making trash guns uh, yeah. other than 226, 229, like that, that series um, up until, you know, a little while ago, the 320 came out. They started making a whole bunch of other products, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but yeah, they, that that 250, like it, it should have been such a good gun. Uh, if Definitely they just did it. Striker right out of the. And it's kind of weird how, like, for budget guns from U.S. manufacturers, it seems like they're all striker fired. And then when oh, you yeah. get the European budget guns, they seem to be all double action, like the Walther Creed, the P250. You know, you name it. Absolutely. They all have a hammer versus ours. They're all striker fired. Yeah, the only one I know of that's kind of like a budget that has uh, a hammer to it. Almost, it doesn't even look like it's a hammer, though. It's actually an, an internal hammer. It's the uh, Ruger Security 9 uh, that actually has a internal hammer to it. It looks like a striker fire, uh, but that's the only kind of like budget one I know. You, uh, The other ones are, yeah, double action. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's interesting because even SIG, uh, the other polymer gun that was real big with them that I had too was the SB2022. And I love yep. that gun. Uh, that the gun budget 226. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then they shot up in price, man. Like, yeah. It <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. Know, and they, like, SIG came out with a 320 and somehow the SB2022 uh, came more expensive because I picked mine up at the FDE with the night sights for, oh, nice. It was under 500 bucks. Nice color choice. Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. But, uh, the Lucas gun oil they send you with it will discolor that uh, that coating. Oh, I mean, I guess it's not too worse with the Glocks FDE. The inside of the slide is completely blue. You take off the yeah. slide, it's like, huh, what's going on here? Right, yeah. Those, I don't know what's what's up with the certain oils and stuff that affects that FDE. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay, so let's... Um, what's... Uh, what do you mostly when you're when you're focusing on? I think mostly what I've seen from you is kind of your blog stuff. So what do you? What's kind of your focus? I know you've done a couple of reviews on Walters. Um, you know, is it is it to kind of get information on products out there? Is it? I, I've seen you do some stuff with you know like carrying uh, in you know gym clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. So starting off initially, the the kind of idea that I had was I'd go through and I try out different guns to figure out which ones I like the most and. While doing that, I'd sell the ones that I didn't care for too much or sell ones I really, really like to get something new. So that way I could have the experience. I could share my experience, explain whether or not I liked it, why I liked it, all that fun stuff. And now that I've tried almost everything, I haven't really hit SIG products. Excuse me. But other than SIG, I've hit basically everything and MMPs. I haven't tried MMPs either. But now I'm cycling back. I'm going through all my reviews, going through all my notes, looking at them, going, is this one that I want to have for defensive purposes or do I want something else? And the one that I actually came back to recently was the PPQ, which you've seen this everywhere. I love yeah. this oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, if you follow TACAT at all, you've definitely seen yeah. it. 
I mean, you just got it back from getting it the slide milled, right? So yeah, yeah. So I actually opted only, five only inch five M2. Inches. Yeah, that's right. Only five yeah. inch M2 that, that that's not a Q5. Yeah, that's that has milling done, and I love the gun. It's probably one of my favorites that I've reviewed, and probably my top favorite next to the SPO one. But I'm going over to the Dot Life since I've been trying them out, and I really enjoy them. And milling on CZs looks really trashy, so. <laughs> I'm thinking about agree. picking up a 509 to try that out. Keep trying a couple of new things, and then eventually I'm going to move on to long guns once I get two to three platforms for handguns that I really enjoy. That's right. You're you're just on handguns. Yeah. I mean, have right you ever now. owned a rifle? I mean, is it just like yeah? I had a I had a, a Lee Armory matching parts kit for a Polish gun or Polish AK. I had one of those for a while, and I really enjoyed it. But I wasn't in the position to be able to shoot it as often as I should. And I also didn't know enough people that I could go over to their house and they could give me some proper instruction with it. Sure. So I didn't feel like I was capable enough to own that gun. Absolutely loved it. Didn't see any benefit to me having it since I couldn't learn how to use it properly. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, 99% of concealed carriers don't have that mentality. So Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I did have a 1022, and I couldn't hit shit with that thing. I mean, like the AK, I'd shoot it, I'd hit my target. The 1022, everywhere, couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with it. I mean, was this was this a you problem or was this a? a I think problem? it was a gun problem because the person I sold it to told me that he couldn't hit anything well, with a, it either. <laughs> sounds, it definitely sounds like a gun problem. All right, so um, so back to these, back to this uh, PPQ. I mean, you you've got. Um, do you have anything else done to it? You got it. You got it milled, right? So, like, yeah. let's kind of walk through your. Since you're kind of like you're, you're like me, where you like a lot of data on guns. You're like, oh, I take notes about it. You know, I do the same when I go out to the range. I'm like, hey, I, you know, I preferred the you know P10 over the the Glock because of that reason. So, uh, so with you kind of starting with the the Walter, what what attributes about it made you kind of say, okay, this is the gun I'm going to invest money. So there's a handful of things that went into it. Number one being the trigger. I know trigger press isn't as important now versus before. Like when I was newer with guns, I thought trigger press was like the bee's knees. You had to have it perfect in order to be accurate. Um, But the trigger is stupid easy to use. So if you have like a weaker grip and you aren't able to get it perfectly, the trigger is almost like cheating for those types of people. Um, Seriously, it's cheating. I took this out. I was at like 20 yards. Without my glasses, I'm nearsighted as hell. I was able to hit a four-inch steel plate with it repeatedly. Okay. So the trigger is one of the big things. And ergonomics. You haven't changed it over. No. So I'm honestly not going to be changing the trigger for quite a while on this. I was wanting to do uh, the Overwatch flat face trigger. But I'm not at the skill level to where I would appreciate the benefits that what that would bring to the table versus just shooting the stock trigger. Sure. Which is something a lot of people, they get their new Glock and they're like, oh, I'm going to throw a thousand dollar worth of mods into it. No, sure. go out and shoot the damn thing. Yeah. Learn how to shoot it. And if you can get to the point where you can appreciate those benefits, do yeah. them. I, I promise when you, you know, when you put that Apex or that Overwatch in your Glock, you're, you'll still shoot low and right if you have that problem yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Your grip will still be bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're either, um, you know, white knuckling, the trigger didn't yeah. help with that. No, not at all. Uh, the other one is the ergonomics. I like how the pistol fits in my hand. 
like they've said it in reviews and you don't really appreciate it until you hold the gun yeah, in your hand it feels you like it's molded yeah when you it, when you hold that ppq man, it feels yeah. really good i agree on that and then it's just i i like the fact the magazine release is ambidextrous but it's one of those re, uh, reversible ones you actually have to take it off and put it back in the other sure. side of you yeah and i don't like the ones that are activated on both sides because when i'm gripping the gun the other one tends to poke my middle finger when I'm trying to drop it, which sure. prevents the mag from dropping out. So something like the uh, how the XDs do, or the original P10s. Um, yeah, or the then. 509. I guess was it was a huge issue with those. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't, I did not, uh, I haven't shot a 509 enough to to run into that. Or uh, I know the P10s they changed from that uh, ambidextrous style to a reversible style. Yeah, the 509, what FN decided to do instead of just making it a reversible mag release was they recessed the left shooter, left-handed shooter's mag release a little bit. So that way right-handed shooters would have an easier time shooting it. But it's like, okay, you solved that problem for right-handed shooters. Yeah. Now it's still going to be there for <laughs> left-handed shooters. <laughs> they, they're always kind of secondary, right? It's only, yeah. it's only 10% of the population. I'm left-handed, <laughs> but I shoot right-handed. I adapted. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so how do you find, um, I know a lot of people pick up PPQ, so for like me, I like a really aggressive grip texture. For me, I feel like the Walther does not have enough grip texture from the factory. So how do you, do you find it to be enough? Is it, is it because you carry it concealed that it, you know, you, it's, you like it? It's adequate. That's, <laughs> and that's, that's being that's being nice to it. I, sure. The grip texture on the PPQ could be a lot more aggressive, so like the CCP interestingly enough the ccp like okay for people that are looking at these guns online the pps the ccp and the ppq all look like they have the same texturing style wise it's the same exact thing the pps's grip texturing is like non-existent it's slippery you aren't going to get any traction on it the ppq's is like an in-between it's like goldilocks and the three bears it's kind of aggressive but it's not exactly there and then the ccp it's like really aggressive it's real nice to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Walter needs to take the grip texturing from the CCP and throw it onto the PPQ. Yeah. But if you think it's slick, either get it stippled, which is going to be problematic because uh, Walter uses two different types of polymer on the grip, or use some grip tape. Sure. Which yeah, I, I need to get still. So that's a you know a big consideration for me when I was when I was a new shooter was like okay because I like a really aggressive grip texture. Yeah. Um, I've stippled most of my guns. Um, namingly, that we both have reviewed this this gun, the PO7. It has the worst factory grip texture, I think. It is terrible, <laughs> and I have it right here it with is, me, too. It is the absolute worst. So that was like the first thing I did to that gun was, uh, I believe, that was, no, that was my second gun I ever stippled. But the first one was my Glock, uh, but it was my second uh, texture ever. Uh, but it, it improved it incredibly. I believe it because it's like they took the PO7 to the drawing board and they went, okay, we're going to go halfway on the texturing <laughs> yeah. and then we're just going to stop here yeah, abruptly. Exactly. I don't know why they put those rounded horizontal lines on the back strap. Like it does yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing uh, at slickest all. Slickest gun I think I've ever, ever held in my hand. But um, yeah. so it's kind of the same with the PPQ. It's not the best uh, texture in my opinion. I, I, the, you know, a lot of people think the P10C is way too aggressive for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, but I've uh, like the trigger. I think it's less of a problem than I made it out to be when I was a new shooter. 
Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you're doing the right things, um, you know, you can, regardless if it feels too aggressive or not aggressive enough, I think it definitely, you can, you can overcome that. One thing I'd really like to see, one thing I'd really like to see manufacturers do is instead of making a raised texturing, make one that's recessed, kind of like a stipple job. Mm-hmm. Because if it's recessed, it's a lot easier to carry, especially if you don't wear an undershirt. Sure. It's not going to be rubbing up against mm-hmm. you as much. Yeah, and I don't wear an undershirt. My COVID weight is rubs up against my highly <laughs> stippled Glock all the time. So, <laughs> COVID weight, I love it. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, um, so I think we both, you know, kind of, have the same same viewpoint on like the you know a lot of things you hear uh, guys talk about with like new guns and their decision making um, for trigger stippling and stuff. Um, what do you think? Like now that you've you've kind of handled a few different guns, uh, kind of narrowed down what you're you're going to use or carry or keep. Uh, what do you think like the most important things are when you're when someone's new is is buying a gun? To be honest, I'm going to say renting them. Like go out and shoot them if. You find you're more accurate with one than the other as a new shooter. That's going to help you excel and get to a better point for concealed carry versus, oh, well, this one looks cooler and has these features, but you don't shoot it as well. Sure, you can train your way up, but as a new shooter, you want to spend less money on ammunition because you aren't going to drop $1,000 on ammunition in a year, at least starting off. And now you'd get 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, go out and shoot them, and whichever one you're the most accurate with, as cliche as that sounds, get it. Yeah, that's, don't, that's good advice. Don't listen to someone that says, oh, well, you need to get a Glock because it does this, or you need to get a CZ because it does this. If you can't shoot the, the CZ as accurately as you do the Glock, get the Glock. If you can't shoot the Glock as accurately as the CZ, get the CZ. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I completely agree with that. I, I wish as many times as I tell people to go to the range and guns uh i would say nine out of ten don't they ask yeah. a question uh, i give them an answer go go do this here's here's like four guns right just four guns to go try and they never do they just pick whatever one the salesman yep. at, the, at the gun store uh pushes on them which and the, most gun stores don't have great people so and the other thing is when you're watching the videos and reviews on youtube even if you're watching mine take them with a grain of salt Oh yeah. Look at what they're talking about. Look at what their complaints are mostly. Don't look at what they're praising as much as much as it is the gripes. Because if someone if, if five of them complain that the texturing is too slick, it's too slick. If only one person's griping about it, chances are the texturing's not too slick. They just like something like the P10C like you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much say that about almost every gun like it's it's too slick. <laughs> I hate it. It needs to be the deepest stipple almost due to the magnet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's really, really good advice. And I think, uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of, uh, a lot of new shooters, they, they ask questions and go do what they want. But yeah, yeah and that was something I did. I actually did an experiment with that, with the PPS. My, my idea with the PPS was I was looking at it and I was looking at a couple other subcompacts and it's like, well, actually it's more of a micro. I think, I think it's more in that micro category. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm going to buy one of these guns just based off of YouTube reviews, and I'm going to see how accurate they were in terms of what they said about the pistol. And I need to go through and edit a couple of things on my written review for it, and I'm thinking about redoing the video review because I kind of messed up on a couple of things. But there's a lot of things that they didn't get right 
when they were doing their reviews, they're like, oh, well, the grip texturing is okay. It's slick as shit. <laughs> like, it is like an oiled up pig running through your halls. Yeah. And you're trying to get it. It's terrible. Sure. I agree. The, they're like, one of them said that the slide was really easy to rack. It's a dual recoil spring and it yeah. is not an easy and slide it, to rack. It's a micro gun. I mean, yeah. The CCP, on the other hand. Uh, oh, yeah. The easy. CCP. I love yeah. this gun. But I love it so that's much. The, that's got the little delayed blowback style uh, instead of the typical tilted. Yeah, it's exactly from what I've been reading. I haven't looked at the P7 yet, but from what I've read, the piston system that they use for the CCP is identical to the one that HK used in the P7. Okay. Yeah. Difference being, this one doesn't cost you your firstborn child in <laughs> an arm. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So cool. We talked a little bit about uh about what your, you know, your your brand kind of is and what your what you got going on right now, which is Kind of picking those handguns, kind of going through that process of, uh, you know, being a newer shooter, um, finding that gun that's really for you. I mean, I've, I've had, I, I can't even count how many handguns and I still have more Glocks than anything, but I shoot the P10C better than all of them. Uh, but there's yeah. still reasons I, you know, I keep going back to Glock um, and I don't get rid of them. So, uh, but yeah. let's, so as a, when you were kind of coming up, I mean, and you're, you're kind of looking for these handguns, what kind of, what kind of training are you doing? Are you an indoor sh- uh, range guy? Or are you... Do you have access to like outdoor open areas? Yeah, I actually go to, I go to an outdoor range, um, on a friend's property line Okay, and it's a, you can kind of do what you want. Yeah. And we go out, we can go out to a hundred yards if we want to, and we just mess around. Sure. And actually come this coming weekend, maybe next weekend, he's actually going to help me learn how to zero in my optics since the PPQ is the very first time I've ever, excuse me, had an optic on a firearm. So he's going to help me learn how to zero it in. He's going to help me learn how to find the dot properly, all that fun stuff. Because he's actually taken some courses with some more well-known instructors and like yeah. specific RDS classes, yeah, uh, for pistols stuff like. Yeah. Okay. Now, have you taken any classes since you started getting into into? I've firing? taken a handful of like basic beginner ones, but nothing that really went on beyond beyond that. Okay. And it's just because I haven't been able to finance going sure. to the classes or being able to get to them in the first place. Cause yeah. I kind of live in an area where it's, Oh, well this person's coming through in three years. You want to sign up now? Yeah. It's like, I don't have the attention span to wait for three years. Sure. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to live, uh, you know, in, in Colorado, um, obviously a big military town around there. We've got, oh, yeah. we've got trainers there and now I'm near Nashville. So I've got, you know, training sites. I've got a place up in Kentucky. I've been talking to another guy about going and taking some classes up there. Uh, so I'm fortunate enough to be close enough. Uh, the the thing I really miss is having that open open space though, because you can kind of set up your own stuff and do what you want. Um, yeah. So far down here, I haven't been able to find that. Colorado, there's a lot more free land to do those types of things. So. Right. I'm hoping here and maybe next year, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm wanting to, to get some private instruction from uh, Jedi at the Modern Samurai Project. Yeah. Because sure. I think he wants like 450 an hour. It's like. Okay, I'll yeah. save up like nine hundred bucks. Get two hours, <laughs> two hours of direct instruction. Yeah, but I mean that's I mean two hours of direct instruction. That's that that could be really really you know oh, useful yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, is there anything? Any, you know, do you run specific drills? Is there, um, you know, what what did you find like when you're kind of testing you for your own handguns and stuff that you found like okay I'm gonna do this to see if I like it um, or I don't like it. Do you, or do you do the uh, 
I don't know what to, what to call it, the, the YouTube guy stuff and throw things in mud. <laughs> what, what's kind of your deal? I just throw it across the yard and decide okay. how, how, how I go from there. You know, yeah. I throw the gun across the yard. I test the aerodynamics and the fuel <laughs> mileage on it. Sure. Well, I mean, you got you might have to throw it at somebody, right? Like, yeah, you never you know. know Especially well, something um, small like a PPS. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know I do the build drill and the dot torture test. There's a couple of others that I'm adding on. Um, the thing that's really sucked the last couple of years is I've moved and I'm not able to shoot as often as I used to. Yeah. So I'm having to make more value out of all my range trips, which means I don't get to dump yeah. magazines as often. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I have not been to the range. Well, since I've moved to Nashville, I haven't been yet. So I'm going yeah. at least two months uh, and it's, it's killing me. Um, yeah. But uh, even if I could, I still have to make more, you know, uh, use out of the time I have and the ammo I have specifically. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's crazy out there right now. Uh, it seems th- like things are getting a little bit better, um, but we'll see. Yeah, one of the things that I've been doing a lot more recently is just doing a dry fire. Mm-hmm. Just I find a spot on the wall and, you know, I'm going from concealment, bringing the gun out for presentation, yeah. making sure that my sights are on that dot or at least in the corners of it. And then making sure that when I'm pressing the trigger, the sights aren't jerking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, I, that's and I, <laughs> that's going to be a theme, I think, with this whole whole podcast is that... Uh, Dry fire is, is essential. I think we've talked about it yeah. in all three episodes so far. Uh, putting targets up on the wall is super useful. Um, you know, if you, if you obviously make sure you have a clear gun, but I like to, uh, you know, pull the trigger at the TV sometimes, get a little yeah. moving target yeah. action. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. I'll sit there and I'll just rack the slide. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which character do I hate right now? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So with your, with your bill drill, uh, do you, do you time yourself? Do you have like a, a, uh, like, okay, here's here's my point. I know I'm doing well. Here's my point. I'm having a bad day. Right now, I'm honestly not timing myself. That okay. sounds really, really bad. The reason I'm not timing myself yet is is because I don't want that stress added on yet. Okay. Because I know that under that pressure, I'm probably at the point that I'm at right now. Under that pressure, I'm definitely going to be throwing shots or something else is going to happen. And yeah. right now, I just want to focus on, especially with now doing optics, I just want to focus on being able to present, bring it out, and being able to get the shot on the fucking dot. <laughs> sure. Like, that's all I want to do. Yeah. I don't care if I'm going too fast. I don't care if I'm going too slow. Okay. As long as the bullet goes into the dot where I want it to go, I'm happy. Okay. But, yeah, next year, beginning of the year, I'm going to be getting a shot timer. I'm going to start timing myself. Okay. Man, you got everything. You just, you're a planner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I, I'm methodical. I have things that I'm doing, very, very much, and so. but yeah. it comes out in the writing too. That you know, I've read and and the and the videos. Like it's very, it's nice to see somebody who has a methodical you know sense instead of like just kind of throwing all this information about a gun um, out there on a tabletop review. Like ah, I just unboxed it. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Like great, yeah. thanks. Uh, yeah, the one thing that, that I've always hated, minutes. I've always hated the whole I'm going to jerk myself off by having you watch me shoot this gun a whole bunch. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to tell you bits and pieces here and there yeah. while I'm doing all this stuff. It's like, okay, you, you guys are here watching this to get the information about the pistol and, and our thoughts on it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to cut the bullshit. Yeah. Here you go. Nine sure. minutes done. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've had to, I, I get too technical. So obviously I do the YouTube thing every now and again, and I can get too technical with things. I mean, I'll go into different metal alloys that no one gives a shit about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> All That's this, where I've been 
all this sort of stuff. And uh, you know, I, I you know, um, I do like to throw in a, some uh, shooting just to to keep things interesting. But I've I've learned to keep my try to keep my uh, videos down uh, just because they can they can drag out for sure. This is where I've really been happy with having my website. I can go into all the technical stuff and put all that information without having to cut and paste videos because I screwed up on the length or the height. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes it easier. Yeah. Excuse no, me. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and you know, it, it gives, if they don't want to read it, they just scroll right past and get to the, get to the yep. meaty part. Right. So yep. if they don't care about it, uh, but otherwise you got to sit through my video and be like, okay, maybe he stops talking <laughs> two minutes into, uh, you know, talking about this. I mean, I remember I did one uh, a few years ago on a Roscoe barrel. Uh, it was a stainless steel. I mean, that video was like 30 minutes long, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I went into every <laughs> aspect of that barrel. Like it was, it was nuts. And I cut out a lot. So that says something. But I, yeah, you can definitely get too much into it. But uh, I like the way you do things. Um, you know, I appreciate it. Very methodical. Um, so, okay. So let's, uh, so as far as training, you're very like, you're, you're still kind of slowly moving. Like we said, you're kind of methodical about it. You want to make yeah. sure you're getting. Now with the red dot, um, have you noticed that so when I when I put my first red dot on, um, makes you realize just how much you do move your sights? Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, and this goes into the PPQ's trigger. I have it right now. I have it lollipopped onto my front sight, mm-hmm. just so that way it's like it's not exactly zeroed, but it'll work. Yep. Um, but I've noticed that I'm not really moving as much when I'm pulling the trigger. You know, and that could say something to, you know, the, the way you've gone about uh, training. And, you know, if you, instead of kind of pushing past and putting that stress on yourself, you, you've worked in those really good fundamentals to where you're not doing that. Because I know when I put my first RDS on with my Glock, like, I was like, holy crap, man. Like, <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad that I haven't been doing the time drills, but at the same time, I've been really happy with my results so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with the dot, I haven't had any issues with presenting so far. That's good. Cause and, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing with people. You know, I didn't like the red dot. I'm slower with it. Like most people are right out of the gate um, because they don't, they don't present enough. They don't, they want to go right to the run and all the rest of the drills and want to be faster right out of the gate. But it yeah. does take some different training to, to acquire that uh, every time. Definitely. And it's, it's, and there's no problem with handicapping yourself. Like if you want to get something like the Holosun 507C instead of the Trijicon RMR, so that we have the little bit of a bigger dot to mm-hmm. be able to learn how to acquire it faster, do it. Don't sure. just handicap yourself. Give yourself a little bit of a training curve to be able to get it done. Yeah. Well, actually, we we talked about that because I I don't like the bigger dot, uh, the the donut reticle. Yeah. Where you do. Um, oh yeah, and that's because I'm nearsighted. Right. I and mean, they say tra- train how you fight. And 90% of the time, I don't have my glasses on, and I can't see a 2MOA dot. <laughs> so I need that donut of death to no, be yeah. able to yeah. See, and I'm, I'm farsighted, so um, I can see perfectly fine, uh, you know, far away. I just can't see uh, if things are really close. And it's it's like a super minimal correction, so I don't have my glasses contacts in most of the time. So it's kind of the same thing, but um, I see the dot just fine. And I hate the 65 because to me, it's like, it's just it's too much. Uh, I like yeah. it on like an EOTech on a rifle, but on the handgun, I just can't get used to it. Yeah, I think it is a little bit too much. Um, and the other thing that I have going against me, though, is I'm colorblind. So like That's the right, two MOA the dot. Too, right? Yeah. So I'm actually looking at whichever the second platform is I sell down on. I'm, I have a very strong inkling that it's going to be the 509 midsize. Okay. 
I'm going to be trying the Trigicon RM R08, which is the uh, 12.9 MOA triangle. Uh-huh. I'm going to be giving that a try. Okay. I know a lot of people don't like the dual illumination thing, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a go, see if it actually adjusts properly for me. Yeah, the only I mean the only complaint most people have about it is if you're in a shaded area and you're shooting into a bright moon. Yeah. That's the only which, complaint I've ever heard. Other than that, they they seem to work well, but uh, there's so few it. times where that's gonna be applicable. Yeah. And even then you can still box the target sure. up with the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of ways around it. Um, you know, it's 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 user preference. I don't think you can go wrong with an arm no matter what model you Definitely not. Definitely not. Cool, man. So um, that that kind of dives into you know talks about what you got going on um, with your with TacCat, um, and we talked a little bit about trading. I know there's a product you wanted to talk about. We've been you've been talking about SIGs for I don't know how long. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a love hate relationship with the P320. Yeah, and it's just because I'm so skeptical about trying it because of all the lawsuits. I know they've probably <laughs> fixed everything by now, but at the same time. It's like every time I go to go look back at them, there's another lawsuit about them having some safety issue. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because of the generation we're in and like Beretta didn't, I don't know if Beretta faced that when they got an army contract, but I know like right out of the gate, they got, you know, blocked through a fit because they won the contract over them. And then Steyer yep. had their thing with them. And then there was the whole, uh, if it drops, it goes off. And it, they've had a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, I've expressed my concerns with, with what I think about SIG, but uh, the product we're going to talk about that new aluminum P320 frame. Yeah. So before we get to that, something that a lot of people haven't been made aware of the Steyr and Sig thing actually finally got resolved. That's right. You, I found that out from your website. Yeah. So basically, the court ruled that, or the judge ruled that Sig didn't. What was the word that he used? He didn't. Sig did not literally infringe upon the patent that Steyr had because a little piece was a little different or something like that. So they just threw it out. So like it was, it was close enough, but not, but not close. Yeah. Yeah. Basically it was the government saying, well, we gave them a contract, so (laughs) we can't let you win. Cause then, uh, yeah. What happens to our contract here? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Very interesting stuff going on with Steve. There's, I have my opinions that, you know, it is what it is. But the the new the new three twenty frame. Um, yep, I think it's interesting. And what stood out to me is that it looks like a two two nine. You know, it's got the beaver tail. It seems like the grip angle, the whole deal of the two two nine two two six more so than what they've done with their polymer frames. Which I, you know, it's, it's crazy to me because they're they're touting this three twenty. It's like the, that's their bread and butter right now. And then yeah. they, they go back to like this two two six two two nine style. So um, you know, have you? Have you been able to to dive into it a little bit more than I have? I actually have because I have some connections over at Sig. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Give us. Give it's us been what great. You can. So what I've been told is is that the machining on these frames is extremely impressive. It's far superior to some of the stuff they're seeing on two two sixes, two two nines, all their other metal frame guns. Um, the other thing that I'm being told is, and I don't know if it's been said in some of the videos that have been put out about the AGX. But all of the slides are going to be optic ready. And instead of doing it like the M17 and M18 where the screws are in the bottom, they're actually doing it properly where it's the mounting screws are on the top. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why they did 
did that. It's like Cadillac putting a starter underneath an intake manifold. Like, yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. Why do these engineers do the certain things they do? I don't. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, why do I want? What, what was there's a gun recently that I was just messing around with. It's the CZSPO one. Why do I want vertical stripes on the front <laughs> and back strap instead of horizontal? It's like, come on, do you yeah. even shoot these things? I, sometimes I really, I really think they don't. Man. Uh, to to yeah. be honest, with you. the thing I've been most frustrated with lately is, and I've voiced this before. Actually, I think on the first episode is the is the new compact micro in between guns uh the you know the glock 43x the 48s and 365 i'm not not like yeah and i mean the thing is it's like okay a lot of people are calling them subcompacts but they aren't subcompacts they're just single stack compacts right right and it's like okay the ccp i don't want to toot its horn too much but it's the same size as the glock 43x or maybe the 48 i'd have to look at barrel length but same size, you lose two rounds, but you can use a TLR-7 and a TLR-9 on it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look, Glock. <laughs> you can use an actual light on this and not right. some proprietary Surefire. Sure. Yep. Oh, I know. <sighs> I swear, they like they all got together and were like, hey, Surefire, you want to make something <laughs> expensive that no one wants? Yeah. This yeah. Just specifically for these pistols? Like, how yeah, can we make you more money? But, this uh, is okay, so, so with this AGX... Um, yeah. AJX? AGX? AGX. Yeah. Um, is are they going to sell it? They're selling it as a complete gun, right? Yes. Um, are they selling it frame only so you can put your current 320 on? I'm not a hundred percent certain on whether or not they're. Or it's no, it's AXG. AXG. My AXG. bad. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I think they're probably going to sell the frames individually. I don't know the price that's going to be on those, but I believe street value, not MSRP. They've already quoted the MSRP. I think it's going to be like six ninety nine or something like that. Or seven ninety nine, something like that. I think street value we're going to end up seeing them be like six hundred and fifty dollars for the entire gun. For the entire gun, really? All yes. aluminum, all aluminum, and that's what really blows me away. Because like Walther, you have the polymer Q five and you have the steel frame Q five, and they're a double price difference. The Q five is like fourteen hundred dollars when it's steel frame, mm-hmm. and the polymer frames like what seven hundred, seven hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. It and then you have CZ. CZ yes. makes the SPO one, the SPO one Phantom. There's like a two hundred dollar price difference. Yes, yep. It's like you're looking at Walther. It's like okay, you guys had the opportunity to monopolize on the metal frame striker fired market. You lost that chance, and here comes Sig swooping it up. <laughs> going, hey, we heard you guys like the hype nine, and that's discontinued. Let us give you a metal frame striker fire gun. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'd- this is just speculation, but I think, you know, SIG really is just trying to get every corner. Of the market. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Like it's, it's incredible the the amount that they have just increased the product line and different products they have in the past decade. Uh, but, you know, to, to, to have those military contracts, looks like they're probably going to get more. They just got the, the Tango, um, you know, the, the new LP, yep. LP, BOs, uh, which acronyms. Yeah. Which for me, like, <laughs> And me being an infantry guy and uh, being an infantry NCO at one point in my life, like, God, there's going to be so many broken SIG tangos. <laughs> like, ACOG survived because, like, they are just idiot proof and they're, they're tough. But I don't, I have yet to like hold or see an LPVO that I would give to most of my. <laughs> I still don't understand guys. why they went with the Delta Point Pro for the M17s. 
I, I don't know either. I, in my, in my opinion, that's, uh, you know, it's one step above, like, uh, I don't know, the, the, uh, RMC or something like that. Yeah. In my opinion, like the, the, the fragility of the Delta point pro it, is a no go for me. Yeah. No, it's like, okay, you guys already have the contract with Trijicon for the ACOGs. <laughs> Just double up and get some RMRs. Well, that's the thing, though. They they, they did for the SOCOM guys, right? Like, the, the SOCOM guys have yeah. RMRs. Uh, they have that, that tan one, whatever nomenclature that is. But, um, you know, Trudicon pissed off a lot of people lately with their lawsuit to Hollow Sun. And, and their Isn't R- it funny RMR how that CC. finished off? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're not seemingly not in tune with their customers lately either. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I definitely think that... Uh, the ACOG serves a purpose and like that is like as a yeah. battle optic for, for most army, you know, marine types, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh I just know that I would be <laughs> I'd be nervous about all my dudes with these these sensitive <laughs> little uh you know uh scopes and stuff. But it is what yeah. it is. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy man how much uh SIG has just just blown up and I think you know they're able to bring a a, a product like that to the market just because they can take the hit, you know, even if, if their, their profit margin on that gun specifically is not real big, they have yeah. so much other product lines that all they got to do is corner that market. And now they've just acquired more customers to then buy more products. Cause you know how gun people are like you buy a SIG, they buy everything. Buy, yeah. You're going to go buy everything else. SIG, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, who really would buy a Romeo one, uh, if they didn't have a 320? No, one. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one. Yeah. No one. And what's nice is though, with the age of X, um, if I remember correctly, it's actually going to be able to take an RMR from the factory. Oh, that's so good. it's not. So yeah, not it's not going to need an adopter yeah. plate mm-hmm. or adapter, not adopter. Yeah, <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, well, sweet. Um, well, do you have anything else for us? I mean, because I think uh, that's that's about the show. No, not that I can think of. I mean, if you guys want to see anything uh, get reviewed by me, just go ahead and let range exposure know. And then he'll let me know. Yeah, or you can for get sure. a hold of me directly. Yeah, no, definitely go follow <laughs> uh, go follow Tatcat over on his Facebook page, YouTube channel. Uh, puts out good content. Read the blogs. Um, yeah, definitely you can you can reach out to him or be like, hey, uh, tell that guy to go review this crap. Um, yeah, and hey, if you guys want to give me a heads up, or a, make the decision for me on whether or not I should go five hundred nine or P three twenty for my next review, that would be great because I'm very indecisive. I mean, my <laughs> vote would be the 509 because I'm so bored with B320s and I just, I can't, I'm just not, uh, I used to be such a SIG guy, man, before they'd made all these changes and like, I I, I loved my SP2022, but lately. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm just, because I had an FNS9 compact. I absolutely adored that gun. Absolutely loved it. And there's a lot of things I wanted to do with it, but there's no aftermarket for the FNS. So... Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the 509 midsize and it's optics ready. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm, that looks like everything I wanted the FNS to be. So, so. I might be able to get a short review or short uh, testing done of 509 tactical here soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's what I'm, my, uh, my a family member of mine has a 509 tactical yeah, mine, with. Mine too. That's where I'm getting it from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, He's got more money than I do. But <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, man. Well, sweet. It was great talking to you. It's good to get a perspective from someone who uh, is analytical as you are and, and 
methodical about your your purchases. Uh, we want to put that information out there for newer shooters. We've got a ton of them uh, this year. Uh, obviously, oh yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it's crazy. Uh, Record breaking gun sales. Yeah, uh, when all this is over and whoever ends up back in the uh, or whoever ends up in the Oval Office there, I'm sure the gun shops will be loaded up with used guns. Uh, oh yeah, not used guns, but at used gun prices, which should be great. So you know, or people hang around. Who knows? And everyone just remember, you don't have to shoot to be good. Just dry fire. Dry fire. Do a lot of dry fire. Like 30 times more dry firing than you do shooting. Yeah. No, I'll be good to go. Uh, When I, that that was the biggest, I think the biggest jump in my training was when I dry fired. I consistently sat down every day and I dry fired is when I saw the biggest improvement actually on the range through the timer. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really wish, like you can kind of use a shot timer app on your phone. To be able to gauge your times mm-hmm. on the range. Mm-hmm. I wish you could like set up an external microphone to be able to do dry fire clicks. Yeah, to, to pick it up. Yeah, so that way you don't have to drop a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars on a shot timer. Yep. No, I know, yeah. I know. There those apps on the phone and stuff, I've tried them all, the one for the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't have good experience. There's always glitches or they shut yep. off or they don't pick up or they're yep. just they're they're terrible. There's gotta be someone's gonna come up with something. I hope so. I like yeah. I'm surprised it's taken this long, but I don't know. Maybe the microphones on the phone just aren't, you know, the hardware wise aren't can't do it. Who who knows? Oh yeah, I mean you're still getting movie quality gunshots <laughs> when you're trying to make movies right. for YouTube. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate you coming on the channel. Um, again, go follow TacCat. Uh, go check out Range Exposure. I'll put up uh, the build drill. It's something I don't have on there yet, but obviously the both. All three episodes we've talked about dot torture because <laughs> everyone loves dot torture. So if you haven't done it, go do that. Uh, but I will put up the build drill as well. Pretty, uh, pretty common drill. Uh, it's a good one to run. And uh, yeah, oh, another uh, one real quick yeah. is like if if you have your own range or you can set up your own targets, get two paper plates, put them like ten feet apart or maybe five feet apart, however much you want to put between them, and just practice going from plate to plate. And transitioning from target to target. Yeah, just super easy target transition. Yeah. Now, do you like reholster or you just go plate to plate? I just go plate to plate. Okay. Typically. Right. I'm going to be starting to do it for like uh, hit a plate, holster, hit a plate, holster. Sure. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. man. Eventually, I'm working towards it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, again, it's been great talking to you. Go follow him. Go check out rangeexposure.com. Get on the Range Exposure Facebook page and into the podcast group. Uh, trying to get more of a discussion going on between our community over there uh, and uh, giving each other some tips. So I will talk to you all next time, and I'm sure uh, you guys will be seeing Tech Cataract. Go follow him. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you all next time.